Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Well, Mark, great to be with you again on another episode of Informed Dissent, available on all podcast outlets, including Apple Podcasts. Hello, we are back. Today, of course, is is Ronald Reagan's 110th birthday, or it would have been. And to celebrate that, we thought we would open with a, uh, a bit of a Reagan montage that we put together. So let's roll that. Mr. President, in talking about the continuing recession tonight, you have blamed mistakes of the past, and you have blamed the Congress. Does any of the blame belong to you? Yes, because for many years I was a Democrat. I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes my opponent's youth and inexperience. (laughs) One of my favorite quotations about age comes from Thomas Jefferson. He said that we should never judge a president by his age, only by his work. And ever since he told me that, I've stopped worrying. Just to show you how youthful I am, I intend to campaign in all 13 states. I've already lived about 20 years longer than my life expectancy at the time I was born. That's a source of annoyance to a great many people. It is said that Castro was making a speech to a large assembly. And he was going on at great length, and then a voice out in the crowd said, Peanuts, popcorn, Cracker Jack. And he went on speaking and again the voice said peanuts popcorn cracker jack and about the fourth time this happened he stopped in his regular speech and he said the next time he says that he says i'm going to find out who he is and kick him all the way to miami and everybody in the crowd said peanuts popcorn cracker jack the commissar in the soviet union who went out to one of those state collective farms grabbed the first worker he came to said, how are the crops? Oh, he said, the crops never have been better, just wonderful. He said, how about potatoes? Oh, he said, comrade commissar, if we could put the potatoes in one pile, they would reach the foot of God. And the commissar said, this is the Soviet Union, there is no God. He said, that's all right, there are no potatoes. <laughs> as soon as I get home to California, I plan to lean back, kick up my feet, and take a long nap. I'll come to think of it, things won't be all that different after all. Well, listen, we uh, we all miss R- Ronald Reagan. It's been uh, many, many years, and uh, we wish uh, we wish Ronald Reagan a, a happy birthday in heaven, 110 years. You know, Mark, it, I, I remember an old joke that Reagan used to tell recurrently because he was he was forever an optimist, and the joke was about a parent that brings a psychiatrist, uh, two kids. One is an eternal optimist. And the other is the ultimate pessimist. So first he takes the pessimist and goes into a room. And the room is just filled with brand new toys. And the psychiatrist says to the kid, you know, look at all these toys. Surely you want to have fun and play with them. And the kid said, well, yes, I'd like to play with them, but I can't. Because if I do, I know I'll break them. And then with the, uh, with the optimist, he takes the optimist into a big room. But this room is filled with horse manure. And it's to point out that not not everything is is rosy. And this little optimist kid climbs to the top of this whole horse manure pile and starts digging. And the psychiatrist says, little boy, what are you doing? 
And he says, there's so much horse manure here. Certainly there must be a pony somewhere. <laughs> and, and Reagan used to repeat that joke in, in various contexts over and over again. Well, listen, no joking aside now, because we are in the fight of our life, the fight for freedom, the fight for liberty, and the fight for our country. And joining us uh, again is uh, Nicole Pearson, freedom fighter, attorney extraordinaire, uh, who got into this race as a result of, uh, got into this battle rather, as a result of the tyranny that was before her. Uh, and we welcome her to the battle and we welcome her to informed dissent. Nicole, welcome. Thank you guys for having me again. <laughs> so what we really wanted to focus on now is you've got all these parents in the various schools and they feel isolated and they feel alone and they don't know what to do. In their heart, they know that sending their kids to school with a mask on is the wrong thing. In their heart, they know that vaccinating a young child against an illness that they're not at risk with an experimental vaccine is not the right thing to do. But there's so much societal government and regulatory pressure on them uh, that they feel alone and they feel powerless. But you, through your organization and for your efforts, are really showing parents a way forward that they can fight back, even as an individual, and make a difference. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I say that I, I feel I'm just as much of an activist and an ad, um an educator as much as I am a lawyer. Um, and out of necessity, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of come from the lawsuits and from what I've been seeing, people really don't understand at the risk of sounding, you know, cliche, what it means to be an American, what it means to live in a democratic Republic. Um, what, I mean, Myself, personally, I didn't even know where the Board of Education was. I didn't even know who the Board of Supervisors was. I had no idea. Um, we've been really fortunate to live where we do. We've gotten complacent. And it isn't until now that we need to know that that people are really desperate for, for information. So uh, our facts, law, truth, justice, and a lot of these advocacy groups, including Children's Health Defense and PERC, A Voice for Choice, California Freedom Keepers United, they all have resources available to you. But um, through Facts, Law, Truth, Justice, our firm, we have spent, I don't want to say just as many hours, but because we spent a lot of hours litigating, but creating a resources tab for parents so that they, and, and watering down the laws and helping them sort through. And we've created toolkits, step-by-step -step guides, lists of laws, put forms and templates up there so parents know their rights know how to exercise them and then know where to go in the event that they they you know they get stuck. So that's that's what we've been doing through Facts Law Truth Justice also Children's Health Defense and Perk these other advocacy groups have those as well. So so a parent that's feeling lost they can first of all go to Truth Law Justice. Facts. Sorry. Facts. 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 You need the facts, right? I was like, I couldn't I couldn't make up my mind. I'm like, well, the facts matter. And if you have facts and you can find the truth, and if you have facts and you take that and you apply it to the law, facts, truth, facts, law, excuse me, facts, and then the law, you're going to find truth. And if you have truth, you can achieve justice. So that's facts, <laughs> okay. law, truth. That's literally, I couldn't pick a word to take out. So it's facts, law, truth, justice.com. Facts, that's where law, truth, justice.com. Yeah. And yeah. then your Instagram uh, is what? Just Truth? Facts, Law, Truth, Justice as well. And then my, my little nickname is Just, Just Truth. Truth. Facts, Law, Truth, Justice, mm -hmm. Instagram. And mm -hmm. uh, I saw you you posted about our uh, little podcast that we're doing. This yeah. podcast is audio, of course, those that are listening. 
Uh, but on um, Nicole's Instagram site, you can see a picture of us talking because she posted it, which is kind of cool. So facts, yeah. Yeah. law, truth, justice. So that's one resource for frustrated parents. The other, of course, is Children's Health Defense, CHD. Children's Health Defense is an organization run by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, who got into this fight. He, listen, he's a lawyer, a very good one, and has been fighting a variety of environmental concerns, uh, pharmaceutical concerns for many, many years, and is now on the front lines with us fighting the tyranny, the mandates, both vaccine and mask mandates. And his primary push is, is looking at the vaccines and the tyranny that's coming about as a result of these investigational vaccines. Um, there's a wonderful article that Children's Health Defense published about the approval of the vaccine. So we know this vaccine called Comirnaty was approved last year. And just the other day, um, the FDA approved um, another version called Spike Vax. But it's the same same concept. These are legally distinct products, but they are not available. So if you call any pharmacy where you normally get these vaccines and ask for an FDA-approved vaccines, they do not exist. Yeah. And the reason why they don't exist, as uh, Bobby Kennedy explains, is under emergency use authorization, the vaccine companies get liability protection. So if you get one of these vaccines and you're injured, there's nobody to sue. If the vaccine is approved, not emergency use, but actually approved for an adult and you get this vaccine and you're injured, you can sue that company because they don't have liability protection. However, once the vaccines are put on the childhood vaccine schedule, then that puts a liability umbrella over these vaccine companies, even if they're given to adults. There's a push in California now to mandate these vaccines for children and to put them on the vaccine schedule, like all the other vaccines that kids must get. If that were to happen, that would allow these companies to continue to have liability protection. And that's really the line in the sand that we have to prevent. We have to prevent those vaccines from being mandated and approved for our children. And uh, I know you're working on that as well. Is that right? Yes, we are. Um we uh, they're, they're coming down the pipe, at least in California, in two different ways. Governor, you know, as many heard on October 1st, Governor Newsom said he was directing the California Department of Public Health to add them to the list of, of required vaccines for grades K through 12 once they were approved, fully approved by the FDA. Um, and then they would give back the personal beliefs exemption as is required by the health and safety code. So he made that uh, announcement, which is really critical. I hope we talk about this tonight. He made a press release announcement. It was not an order. It was not a dictate. It wasn't a, he made a press release statement that the California Department of Public Health was going to do that at some point in the future if the FDA approves it. So down the line. But then we also have Senator Pan, um, who uh, just presented a bill, uh, SB 871, to add the COVID-19, to require the COVID-19 shot for grades K through 12 with no personal beliefs exemption. So it's coming down the pipe and we will be fighting that. Now, yes, now Nicole, SB 871, um, can they mandate a vaccine being given that's uh, under emergency use authorization? Is that legal? I thought under the Nuremberg Code, et cetera, that you can't mandate an experimental drug. You cannot. <laughs> 
That's it. That's it. You cannot, and it's actually not under Nuremberg. So, uh, not to be mince words, but if you, since you you know, Nuremberg Code is a, a set of ethical principles in the context of human experimentation. So, you know, author- leading authorities around the world came up with this Nuremberg Code after the Nuremberg trials, where they put the SS uh, Nazi doctors on trial for the the atrocities that were committed on humans children and adults in the concentration camps without their knowledge a lot of times and certainly without their consent. And so they came up with these basic foundational principles. There aren't that many. I think there's 11 basic principles. And then from that, most countries around the world have developed their own set of rules. Um, And so it's actually 21 USC 360 BBB, which is the emergency use authorization statute that requires there to be informed consent. And then even California has its own health and safety code sections that require informed consent. Consent cannot be coerced. If it's a child that's being enrolled in the trial, additional safeguards. So we have a very um, elaborate statutory system that protects human beings, individuals, human, human, uh, ex- yeah, human, um, what are they? Yeah. Humans from being enrolled in the clinical trial trials are very narrow circumstances. So no, they cannot be mandated. But that's, but that's what's happening right now. Right. Kids are getting back. Kids are getting vaccines with very limited informed consent and mm -hmm. and often without parental consent. Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, there are a couple of things that are happening. So your question was specifically directed to SB 871. Um, I don't know if they're, it doesn't sound like they're waiting for FDA approval as Governor Newsom was in, indicating that he was waiting, he would direct the California Department of Public Health to wait for. What would happen is though, that violates the California Health and Safety Code. There are private rights of action, so you can file private lawsuits. Um, and then the attorney general would have to sue for uh, on behalf of the California people to uh, bring a claim under that 21 USC 360 BBB statute because there's no private right of action as to that. So there will be multiple lawsuits. The workaround is, is that you're choosing. You're, you're choosing to chew off your arm or you're choosing to chew off your leg, but either way you have a choice. So that's the way in our lawsuits also, they've been trying to get around that. They say, we're not forcing you to get the vaccine. You can, you can go, you can get the vaccine or you can be shunted, you can shunt yourself, you can exile yourself onto this horrific independent study program that caused, you know, a 23%, Dr. McDonald knows, 23% decline in cognitive capabilities in the children, um, you know, distancing, masking, and quarantining and being remote. So they spin it that you're making a choice. Again, you're making a choice either between chewing off your arm and getting the vaccine or chewing off your leg and going into a failing remote system, which is actually the remote system. And what happened to our children during remote learning the last two years is the reason why it's the justification for them trying to put the vaccines on the list. They're like, it was so horrible. We can't let that happen to our children again. We must vaccinate everybody so that everybody can go to school and stay in school as much as possible. And we're like, well, what about the people who are disabled or who have sincerely, or excuse me, have special needs or medically or, you know, mentally or physically disabled or have sincerely held religious beliefs and can't get vaccinated? And they're like, oh, they'll just go to the remote program. Who cares? No big deal. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. So um, I'm just telling you, that's that's how we will prosecute the or, you know pursue the claims and that's how they'll try and get around it. They they say it's a choice. And how does a, how does a parent know? How do they come to the realization that they have something that they could actually sue over? Um, well, I think that these bigger lawsuits. I mean, 
we get calls, we get hundreds of calls and emails a day asking for to, to sue. So I think when that happens, people will be reaching out. I think the, the limited, there are only a small number of lawyers that are actually taking on these cases. I think our names are pretty well known by now. So I'm sure we'll be getting inundated if and when the bill passes or they try to add the shot to the list. But always we have children's health defense. I mean, I don't want to commit them to any lawsuits, but they are huge advocates. So I'm sure children's health defense and, and a lot of these advocacy groups will be on the, we're already preparing. Let's just call a spade a spade. We're already preparing for these lawsuits. So um, we are ready to, to mount the attack if and when they, they try to add them. So, the, the you know, there are parents that maybe don't have kids, but they're disgusted with what's going on and they want to participate. They want to be an activist. They want to help. And I've heard Dennis Prager say this many of times. There, there's, there's three types of people. You're either an activist, you support an activist, or you choose to do nothing. So for somebody that doesn't want to be an activist, how can they support law firms like yours or Children's Health Defense? Obviously, it costs a lot of money to file these lawsuits for your time and the time of other lawyers. Um, how can somebody support the work that you're doing and Children's Health Defense is doing? I'm like kind of overwhelmed by that question because um, it's actually not money. Um, and my team's going to kill me, but we need people. Everybody needs to be an activist right now. I don't want your money. I want you to stand up for what is right. I want you not to wear the mask. I want you to go to the school board meeting in your community. I want you to go to the rally that you hear about in your Facebook groups or you see on Instagram and you go support those kids who are walking out of class because they refuse to wear a mask. I want you to... to you be an act. Everybody has to be an act. There's no, there's no, there are no three categories right now. I'm sorry to disagree with you. You're either an activist and you're fighting to change this and to not to change, excuse me, you're fighting to stop and to crush this system that they're trying to put on us, or you're complacent and you're complicit. Those are the two. I don't, there's no in between. That's why I'm so, you know, like I said earlier to you, like raging today because. There, this, there is no more time to wait. This is the line in the sand. What we see, what's coming down in the California legislature is intentional. All these five bad bills that are coming down on us, the kicking kids onto the street corners, locking them in the gymnasiums and turning down the temperature to freeze them out of the school. Tell us about that. It's horrifying what's going where, on. Where was that? So, so that was... Um, Oh gosh. So Carnegie Mellon is the, is the middle school where they literally left, I think it was eight or nine, 10 and 11 year olds on a street corner, unsupervised. They left them on the street corner waiting probably for their parents to, to pick them up. I have no idea. So they kicked them out of school. I'm totally blanking on the, the name of the school and I can look it up actually, if you want the name of the school where they locked them, they barricaded the doors, which is called false imprisonment. Okay. What people need to listen are, are a couple of things. They're abusing your children. These masks do not work. This is not my word. This is not conspiracy theory. It's pursuant to the FDA, the CDC, and the California Department of Public Health. Cloth masks are useless facial decorations. They don't prevent the spread of uh, the airborne respiratory virus, number one. It traps bacteria on your kid's face and makes them sick. It's giving them bacterial infections in their throat. I mean, you know better than I. I'm sure your listeners know. Surgical masks were designed for adults. They don't have a seal. They're not intended to prevent the spread of a respiratory um, pathogens. 
They're for source control. They're when you're in surgery and you're sweating and you're maybe drooling all over, uh, on top of your subject or something, you cut something and it splashes up to you. It's for source control. There's no seal, let alone for a child whose face is smaller. Okay, they don't work for children. And N95s, we're not even going to talk about. They're per the FDA, per the California Department of Public Health. They are neither designed for nor, nor intended for use with children. You have to get a medical clearance to wear one. You have to get trained. You have to be given breaks, to, uh, preferably every hour wearing those masks. They're not designed or intended for children because they actually could impede their breathing. So if you are an adult in whatever capacity and you put on a child something for no reason, right? Because we just established they do not prevent the transmission of a respiratory virus, namely SARS-CoV-2. It even says it on the surgical mask box. So you put something on their face that obstructs their breathing, that traps bacteria on their face, that uh, limits their connect- interpersonal uh, activity, you know, connections with people, that depresses them, makes them feel inferior. All the things that you can both speak about in the, the physical and psychological and emotional and cognitive realms, you are abusing that child. So that's it. Whether it's the principal, the soccer coach, or the parent, you are abusing your child. That's it. That's what I'm trying to say when I say there's no in-between about activists or this. Either you're on board for masks and you're on board for forcing children to get experimental, never-before-used shots for a virus they have a statistical zero chance of dying from, or you're not. That's it. There's no... There's no in between, like, I'm going to sit this one out. If you don't stand up, you are the Germans who didn't kill Jews in the Holocaust, but you just shut your door when you heard them kicking and screaming as they drug them out of their houses and threw them onto trucks and took them to concentration camps. As far as I'm concerned, you're complicit and you are a co-conspirator. So they, there's no in between. So people need to know that and they need to know that they need to be actively pursuing criminals who are abusing their children. And there are many laws that that are available to them for that, which we're training them on. So our audience can go to factslawtruthjustice.com, factslawtruthjustice.com and learn more, as well as Children's Health Defense has their own website that's uh, just filled with information. Uh, Mm -hmm. Love your passion and I could not agree more (laughs) Um, Sorry, I don't know if that's uh, beyond the scope of this podcast, but I mean, I don't know what it's, we're really pushing the limits of of what's, they're trying to get it authorized for under five, and they don't even know how many doses are required. And you you just explained why they're trying to get it on the, the kids, the kids immunization list. So they have complete liability. It's called immunity from liability. It's called an immunity, a liability shield. They just want to inject you and then boost you. And then you have you in the digital system. So you got to keep boot, getting boosted and boosted and boosted. It's power, control, and money. And if we don't st- stand up right now and we don't fight this legislative session and we don't fight these masks and we don't tell them if the governor doesn't have to wear it at a Super Bowl party with 70,000 people, our children, like there's no black and there's no, it's black and white. There's no gray. If we don't do something now, they're going to know that we will, we will fall for anything. So it's right now. It needs to happen right now you need to activate your activist you got to activate your interact inner activist because if you don't you are complicit in this in this tyranny well, i had a woman in my office just this week who came in for herself and she's wearing a mask and i told her to take it off and she eventually does very reluctantly 
Um, but she's anxious, she's nervous, she has mm -hmm. a serious anxiety disorder, a history of trauma, sexual abuse, neglect, abandonment. She's in her late 30s, early 40s, and she's quite successful in her work. She does a lot of corporate work, and yet she feels like she's fake. She has an imposter syndrome because she doesn't have a good sense of her own identity. And while we're speaking, she lets slip that well, you know, of course I'm wearing a mask just like I do for my children because I, I make sure that I keep them safe. And I stopped her right there and I said, you can't do that. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, you're actually harming your children. And she said, I don't want to talk about that. That's your opinion. I'm not here to talk about my children. And I said, yeah, I, I said, actually, it's not an opinion. Um, it's actually reality. And you're not living in reality right now and you are abusing your children. And I, and I didn't yell or glare at her. I just said it very calmly, but I, I said it assertively and I looked her right in the eyes when I said it and I just paused and she got very uncomfortable and she changed the topic. But I've my started to say <laughs> this to all of the patients that come to my office and I've actually considered putting up a sign banning masks inside my office. I always tell people to take them off and they usually do, but I'm actually considering banning them, actually saying that no one is allowed to have them on anymore. Um, because I think that, as Nicole said, I think we're past the point where we can say, this is a choice. Uh, you do whatever you want. I do whatever I want. Uh, we don't accept that when we see people burning children with cigarettes in public. Uh, it's not their choice to do that. Uh, it isn't your choice to put a mask over your child's face. Uh, it's not It's not about coloring your hair purple or dressing them in odd colors uh, or giving them too many coats to wear when it's not cold enough outside. These are personal choices and sometimes they go a little to the extreme, but the child will be fine. This is actually yeah. abusive and, and anything that is abusive needs to be banned. It needs to be stopped. It needs to be prohibited. So um, I'm I'm taking that tack now in my office because, um, you know, as Jeff just said, this is actually not going to go away, uh, meaning that the effects of this are not going to end. And when you see a child that's traumatized and traumatized again and again and again, uh, it persists for years, if not decades, perhaps generations. So it's really, um, I think it's a moral responsibility that we have now to actually, um, when we can and whatever role that we can to actually act uh, on our principles rather than just giving people the space to, as they say, make their own choices. I don't think that, that that's really an option anymore, not for the sake of our, our society. And I think also not for the sake and, and well-being of the children. Yeah. Well said, Mark. So parents need to start acting and activating. Uh, they need to send their kids to school without masks on. Um, and if they're forced to wear a mask, they need to act. They need to file lawsuits against the school for abusing their children. Um, they need to show up at school board meetings, every single school board meeting. Even if you don't speak out, showing up with your friends, uh, bring a sign, unmask my children, stop abusing my children, etc. And then they need to run for school board. We need to overturn these school boards and get liberty-loving parents uh, that care about their kids, that care about school choice on these school boards. Um, so factslawtruthjustice.com is Nicole's uh, website where you can learn more about it. Children's Health yeah. Defense is another great resource. Uh, PERK, uh, P-E-R-K, um, is another great source of information. Um, and it's time that we stop 
just being observance of the passing parade. And we need to jump in line. We need to start playing an active role and being an activist. If you're not being an activist, it's the equivalent of somebody that did nothing during the Holocaust and just watched. When you know what's going on, you have an obligation now to act. You can't just be passive. And uh, I, I appreciate your passion, Nicole. For our audience that can't see, there's actually smoke coming out of Nicole's ears as she speaks. That <laughs> that's that's how on that's how on, on fire she is. Nicole, you've got two kids, right? Ages five and three. I do, and and I would say just they're not even when I started this, they weren't even in school. Like I had you, if everybody would just stop for one second, just turn off the radio, turn off your Instagram radio, people listen radio, serious, turn off your TV and just sit with this for one second. If you did a gut check, have we ever, ever, when have we ever in the history of mankind ever sacrificed our children to protect adults and especially adults who have and can protect it themselves. They can protect themselves, and in, in this instance, have. The ones that are immunocompromised and are weak and are scared, they can double mass, triple mass, triple jab, boost themselves. And they have the psychological and emotional wherewithal to, to process that and comprehend that and carry that burden. It's sick what we've done to our children. We've we've told them that they're, they're petri dishes of death and dismemberment and that they're vectors of disease and are killing people's grandmothers. Um, I'll send you a, a video of a child that was in it. You know, it's it's just it's sick what we've done to our children psychologically, physically. You know the physical effects of these shots and these masks. But the thing that really triggered me um, is this video of a of a kid in a daycare. He looks maybe barely two, and the teacher keeps trying to put it on, and he's crying, and she, he keeps taking it off, and she keeps putting it on, and they're nice about it. They're like, come on. I, uh, I can't remember. Is it Phoenix? It's something like that. You got to put it on. You have to try. And he said, please, please. I'm, I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. It feels bad. It's icky. When he said those things, those are the things that we teach our kids to say. We teach them that language so that they can look to a trusted adult and ask for help. You say it nice, you say please, you say it politely, then you maybe you're going to cry a little bit and then you're going to you know lash out and then at the end he put she put keeps putting it on. So can you imagine what we're doing to the our children? They're saying please, I don't like this and you keep telling them to shut up. Stop. Shut up. Be quiet. I hear you're crying. It doesn't matter. Put the mask on. What you say when you cry, even when you ask nice, even when you beg, we don't care what you say. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter how it feels on you. We keep shutting them up. We're destroying this next generation of, of children, not just physically, but also emotionally and psychologically. You cannot be complicit in that abuse. And you, you cannot continue to be a take. You're listening to Informed Dissent, and our special guest is activist attorney Nicole Pearson. Nicole, tell us a little bit about um, the parent- right boot camp tell us about that this is something we've been working on for a very long time parents have at the end of the day these are your public servants i hate to say it it's a very triggering word i guess it's public servants is your 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 elected representatives and there are so many ways that you can fight back 
The first way is knowing your rights, coming to this boot camp. It's Wednesdays at 1 p.m. And we do an hour-long training and we teach you all the types of claims that you actually currently have at your disposal to when uh, your child is injured or bullied or harassed or threatened or intimidated at your school and if they are abused physically and, and injured. So there's three different types of claims that we're focusing on. Every single parent should be filing these claims, every single one. Uh, we walk you through how what they are, how to do them, and then we answer. We do a Q&A at the end. And this is where we think, you know, again, we're litigators. We're in courts. We're going to be litigating in maybe the California Supreme Court, maybe even the Supreme Court. We are litigators. We have active lawsuits. But at the end of the day, whatever crazy maniacal plans they have, if we have fractured the foundation, if we have put cracks in the foundation, if we crack the foundation of the society and this the system that they want to lay these tyrannical, illegal rules upon, they won't be able to implement them. So we have to start fragmenting these, these mini systems, right? So the school, the teachers, the teachers unions, the boards, we have to be presenting claims against board members. We have to be filing criminal chart or excuse me, criminal complaints against these bad actors. We need to start holding them accountable. And if we have these individuals scared to lose their license and their insurance and their bonds and whatever the case may be, they're not going to agree to continue to enforce and implement these rules um, because they have us holding them accountable from the bottom up. We need to crush it from the top and the bottom up. So that's what these these boot camps are. Please, please, please come to these boot camps. Teachers do. Um, they're online. They're on Zoom. So if you go to factslawtruthjustice.com, our website, it says join us at the very top. And, and, and also in the middle of the page, it says register for a boot camp. So you need to register for a boot camp. Um, and you can have 500 people on your Zoom side of the boot camp. We don't care. We just want this information to get out because they are abusing your kids. Your children are being harmed. If you are going to a doctor, if you did go to the emergency room for an infection, you should. the school should be paying for that. If they're going to see a psychiatrist, if they're taking medication because of these policies, the school needs to pay for it because it's a direct and proximate result of these policies. And if your child is being assaulted by a teacher, the mask taped on their face, you know, pushed up against a wall and their laptop breaks, um, they're being harassed, threatened, bullied, coerced. There are resources. These claims need to be filed. These teachers and administrators need to be held accountable. So that's another way a parent can be an activist is simply file claims when appropriate. And they can learn more at your website, factslawtruthjustice.com. Yeah. And they can sign up for a parent's right Birth camp, boot camp, birth camp, boot. boot camp. Could be a birth camp. That's a different, that's a different parents, division. Yeah, <laughs> parents write boot camp, yeah. and uh, that's held every Monday. Wednesday, and they can learn Wednesday, more Wednesday. Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Okay, just making Crushing sure you're it. paying attention. Crushing it. It's late. It's second time around. It's okay. Okay, Wednesdays, Wednesdays, boot camp. Get on it. Be an activist. And um, and support, support, support. Get your get the masks off the kids. Get the vaccines out of their arms. And uh, let's take back this country. So, Nicole Pearson, thank you again for joining us on Informed Dissent. Uh, look forward to having you back on and continue the great fight. Thank you, too. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist, informed dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.